Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Crown Royal. This NBA season, Crown Royal is celebrating the loyal fans that show up for every tip-off and also celebrating the people who drink Crown Royal during games. I know I like to have some around whenever I'm taking in a basketball game, an NBA game. Always good to have around. And Crown Royal believes if you live generously, life will treat you royally. Visit crownroyal.com to get ready for tip-off. Please drink responsibly. It is the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Kevin Clark. Emergency pod. The Rams have traded two more draft picks. You didn't think they had two more draft picks to trade, but boy, did they have them for Vaughn Miller. I'm joined by Ben Solak. Ben, what's going on, bud? Yeah, no, I love looking through every so often the Rams' uh, future draft pick capital. Sometimes I'm like, man, I'm a young adult, newly married, managing a budget is hard. And then I look at the Rams draft picks, and I'm like, you know what? I'm fine. I'm doing great. Maybe we don't got to worry about nothing. So they've got a fifth. Uh, they've got some comp picks coming their way as well, mm-hmm. um, but they do still have a fifth. So here, here are the next, uh, the next draft for them, 2022. They traded their first round pick for Matt Stafford. They traded their second for Von Miller today. Their third for Von Miller today. Their fourth they traded away in the Brandon Cooks deal to Houston. And then the sixth they traded for Sony Michelle. So the college scouts for the Rams, not the busiest people in the world. No. Should they, should they have a loan system like European soccer, just loan out scouts to, to other teams that have more picks? It just reminds me Eagles. of the uh, the Malibu draft room, right? Yeah. Where like the Rams draft war room for the 2021 draft was this like beautiful villa with a pool and everybody's like, why is it like this? Because they're not doing jack. It's a weekend away. They ain't got jobs. They got nothing to do this weekend. We're just going to hang out. College scout for the Rams. Cush, cush gig. So, um, as part of the trade, the Broncos are paying nine million dollars of Von Miller's nine point seven million dollar salary for the rest of the way. Um, Von Miller is a free agent after this year, um, but we're that we're not. The Rams are clearly not worried about next March. Um, there's a lot I want to get to, Ben. Von Miller, by the way, twenty eight pressures this year, nineteenth in the NFL, five sacks, also nineteenth in the NFL, sixteenth in pass rush win, win weight uh, via Pro Football Focus. There's a lot. Uh, that comes along with a trade like this. It's it's the biggest trade in a number of years around the trade deadline. Uh, ben, from a football standpoint, this helps the Rams how? So right now, I think the biggest problem that you've seen in the Raheem Morris era defense for the Rams, so they're trying to do the Brandley, Brandon Staley stuff, and it's much harder to do the Brandon Staley stuff when you don't have Brandon Staley, right? You are taking a guy with a, a Monty Kiffin background and shoehorning him as a defensive coordinator into a new approach. He's not going to have all the answers as easily. He's not going to have all of the, uh, you know, the, the 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 correct buttons to push. And we've largely seen this be a problem in the past defense. And they've been, uh, uh, you know, banged up in the secondary, and they've been rotating guys and trying to figure that out and whatever. But it's been in the passing game that it's been a problem. Their 
pressure and they're, 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 you know, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd up front hasn't particularly felt like it was the, the, the big reason for the issue there. If you look at Rams pressure rates, they're right around middle of the league, 21.6% from PFR. It's right about league average. But if you can't get, if you, if in the, in the debate of coverage and pass rush, if you can get one elite unit, you're going to raise the other unit up, even without adding anything to it, even without changing the scheme, right? So if we're having trouble, executing the Staley stuff on the defensive back end and Vaughn Miller's available, even though Vaughn's not playing back there, he still helps that, that process. So you go, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so you go and you put Vaughn opposite Leonard Floyd. He's been playing very well yep. for them for the last couple of years with Aaron Donald on the interior. And also know that with what you've done with Donald last year is you can also put him on the outside and certain downs. You can be successful. There you get Sebastian Joseph day back from injury. You have a, really, really dominant front. That's going to help you, not only in running game and light boxes and all that classic Staley stuff, but it's going to help that that leaky pass coverage not have to hold down the fort for as long. So there's there, Vaughn is a force multiplier. He There's no way a player this good doesn't help your defense on all three levels and all three facets on all three downs, right? Like he is that sort of a player. When you're the Rams and you're pushing for the NFC West and you're pushing for another Super Bowl berth and you're in on Matt Stafford, why not make the move? I agree with that. Do you think that this is now just from a pure talent standpoint? If it wasn't already the most talented defensive football, because you, um, we talked about Jalen Ramsey before the season. You thought he was a top five player. Obviously, Aaron Donald is a top five player. He's a top two player uh, in most years, depending on how you you rank that. But uh, I think you know if you're looking at the metrics, Von Miller is probably a top twenty pass rusher. So this can't hurt. Uh, do the Rams have the most talented defensive football? Ooh. Uh, not nah, no, yes, yeah. That this is the problem with calibrating to the Rams, and this so, goes so, into the, so who, so the Bucks are in that discussion. Bucks are in that discussion. Uh, the Steelers, I think, are in that Steelers discussion in that as discussion. well. Baltimore, talent wise, maybe not for Baltimore. Oh man, you I mean, they're Marcus Peter, you throw a healthy yeah. Marcus Peters in Baltimore. Yeah, exactly. Right, like that changes the the calculus a little bit. the 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 reason why this is such a difficult question to calibrate to is because. The Rams are really, really pushing this idea on a on a franchise level, on a team level, that if we are really, really good with star players at key positions, like if we don't just have like a top 10 corner, we have the undisputed best corner. If we don't just have like a top 10 defensive lineman, we have the undisputed best defensive lineman, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. If we have Matt Stafford, who's playing at near elite levels. If we have two top 20 receivers in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, if we are elite, 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 the true meaning of the word at the most important positions, our margin at the other positions gets so wide that it almost doesn't matter. Like, it's so hard for me to say that a team that is starting a rookie third round pick or fourth round pick in Ernest Johnson, who barely played for them before they traded Kenny Young away at linebacker is the most talented defense. Because I don't know anything about that dude. Right, like I've watched David Long and Darius Williams and Robert Rochelle this year. They're corner two, corner three, and corner four. They are not playing well. They, like mm-hmm. these are not players you would go and be like they are on the most talented defense. But the Rams are so polar in, in in just how good Donald is and just how good Ramsey is. And they're not again. It's not just that they're very good. They are elite players. That it makes it so difficult for us on the outside to say this is exactly where they rank because it's just it's it's a feast or famine it's compl- sure. it's princes and paupers it's so difficult to say exactly how talented that unit is altogether all i know is that no matter who you get playoff matchup wise you feel like you can win 
Because we're going to put Ramsey yep. on that guy. We're going to put Donald on this guy. We're going to put Vaughn on that guy. Somebody's getting a good matchup on this defense. And we're going to expect that star player to dominate. It reminds me, honestly, their talent acquisition reminds me a little bit of college recruiting. Because one of the easiest things, one of the, one of the easiest paths to being able to install your system and stuff in college is, okay, well, I need this specific type of athlete for this role. I'll just go recruit this guy. And if I can't get this guy, I'll find another six foot three, 240 pound guy, whatever. In the NFL, it's so much harder. But right now what the Rams are doing is saying, oh, I want that type of guy. I'll just trade for him. Nobody else is operating like this. So I want to take a big picture stab at what all in means, because this is an all in move. It's funny that the Rams just tweeted a, a gif of rounders and going all in, not just because they clearly haven't seen rounders, um, but because the Rams in the past have actually pushed back against the idea that they were quote unquote all in. And maybe this is just them going so all in, they can no longer push back against it. I, I doubt Les Snead is doing the tweeting. Um, although he's got time. He's got time. He's not looking at college hey, tape. Don't got to scout anybody. Not tape. worried about it. Um, but I'll say this. So I talked to Kevin Demoff a couple of years ago about this very concept. And I, I'm kind of obsessed with this concept of going all in because I just think it typifies modern NFL in a way. So, so Demoff had basically said between the Sixers process, sorry, Ben, and maybe the Browns a little bit, mm-hmm. that there was kind of, and this is my word, not his, but a, a fetishization, I guess you could say, of taking the long road and playing the long game and and saying, okay, we're going to tear this whole thing down. We're going to build draft picks or whatever. And what Demoff said, his actual words were, I, there's probably an advantage in just saying, this is happening faster than we thought. Let's just make the moves now to serve our immediate focus, right? And, and mm-hmm. I kind of think he's right in that regard, which is addressing your needs right now in a strange way has become an inefficiency because owners have gotten more comfortable with, with taking the draft picks, the draft capital and all that stuff. And, and one of the things that's interesting to me is that it takes arrogance to say you can outdraft somebody, right? That's the mm-hmm. whole thing. If you study drafts over a 20-year period, there's very, very, very few teams who can actually outdraft other teams. Okay? It normally regresses to the mean, and there's a couple of exceptions. But even the teams like the Seahawks that we consider to be genius drafters eventually fall down to earth. Okay, There's two ways to combat that. Number one is by getting a trillion picks, like the Dolphins did, like the Sashi Brown Browns did. And, and in the Browns' case, that, that did work. In the Dolphins' case, we'll see. Right. But the other option is don't take any picks and just trade those picks for known commodities. Right. And that, to me, is the most interesting thing. So, you know, I talked to Brett Veach about this last summer. And I said, what does all in mean to you? Because those, these guys are doing it, too. And he's saying, I don't even look at it that way because if you're competing in the NFL, you're all in every year. You're making these moves. And so I kind of think this is the new normal. That And listen, Von Miller is not a dominant player at, at right now, but he's a contributor. He's a huge contributor. And when I talk to GMs around the league who are competing, and it goes back to something I talk about all the time, which is that a bunch of teams are not trying to win. And that's why I was so jazzed about that quote in the Seth Brickersham book by Jimmy Johnson about how 20 of the 30 teams, just let them be, they'll play themselves out of contention, right? They're not, they're not really trying for anything. And I had said on this podcast a couple of months ago that there was someone who, who I consider pretty smart who had told me only really like nine or 10 teams are trying to win in a given year. And the first step towards winning the Super Bowl is trying to win the Super Bowl. And then Kyle Shanahan went on flying coach and said the actual number is like six. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the next next person I hear from, the number is going to be like three. Okay. Yeah. But I think it's between six and 10. Split the difference. But this is what's going to happen if you're one of those 10 from now on, I think. With the cap flexibility, the cap spiking in 2023, younger general managers, I think you're just going to see teams saying, you know what? We're going to do what we need to do. We're going, quote unquote, all in. We, ha- we actually have the flexibility. I know it's, a, it's sort of a, it's contradictory terms to have the flexibility to go all in. 
Um, but I think you're seeing it more. You know, it was, it was interesting to me. I, I was I was watching the All or Nothing with the Maple Leafs, and, and I actually think the the kid Kyle Dubas, um, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Don't get mad at me, hockey fans. But he's the GM, and he was on the phone negotiating a trade. And he was haggling over whether or not a fourth round pick was going to be 2023 or 2022. And then he just gave in on the phone and somebody else said, what are you doing? And he was just like, I just can't not get the player over something so small. And I kind of think there's an inefficiency in saying, you know what? It's right. a mid round pick. I'm good. Let's win the Super Bowl. By the way, the Leafs not win the Stanley Cup. Ben, what does this trade say about team building? Yeah. I, and I think it's also, there's no mistake that the, the Rams are acquiring like, okay, known commodities. Ideally, your top five, top 10 corner pick becomes a player like Jalen Ramsey, but that's never guaranteed. It rarely happens. Right. Looking at you, George Payton, looking at you, Patrick Sertan, looking at you, Denver Broncos. Um, but even Ramsey at, at the upper echelon of cornerback play is a physical uh, uh, uniqueness. He is a, 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 you know, you people say he's a freak, right? Like you just don't make him like this. Aaron Donald is the same. Vaughn Miller is the same. Matt Stafford, even for his career, which has been like, you know, a little bit more up and down. Physical, the gifts are off the charts. So it's not just a mistake that we're, we're bringing in known commodities, players that we know are elite instead of rolling the dice on draft picks. We're bringing in the guys with the physical talent that they're going to be able to get away with anything. And to me, that's very indicative of, of Sean McVay being a good coach. Because a good coach, one, can scheme it up. And two, understands where that water's edge is. Says, all right, at some point, scheme fails. And scheme fails when it hits Jalen Ramsey and his ability to play 95 position. Mm -hmm. When it hits Aaron Donald and his ability to rush from any angle, right? So we're not even just going to bring in the elite players. We're going to bring in the ones with, with truly unique physical gifts. What I find most compelling about this, the, the Rams a, as a case study for this kind of blossoming across the league is the idea of job security. There is no way Les Need and Kevin Demoff go about it this way unless they know for sure that they're not getting a job performance review in year one. You know what I mean? Like this, like this push of the chips all in is great, but you have to know that you're going to get a long horizon on that. You have to know, even though it's all in, even though it's win now, you have to know that you're going to be allowed to see that through. So that when you go all in on Jalen Ramsey and you don't make it because of Jared Goff, you get to make the second move and bring in Matt Stafford. And then when it turns out the Cardinals are playing really well, you get to make the third move and bring in Vaughn Miller. Like this, uh, you know, it, it's the sense of being pot committed. If we continue with the poker player analogy, you have to be able to sit at the table and once you bluff, make the continuation bet. You are pot committed. Once you put so much money in, you have to continue with that. And so this model, I think it works. It's attractive. It is very cool, especially for aggressive owners who want to win games, who feel like they're in good free agent destination spots, places where people want to play, like LA with Sean McVay, with Matt Stafford. But you have to know as a general manager and as a head coach, that our owner is going to let us see this through. Because if he gets cold feet and he tries to pull the plug on this, we not only do we lose our jobs, this house of cards comes tumbling down. And so it, to me, it is the, the, the surety that, that Les Snead has that he's going to be allowed to continue doing this that gives you the freedom to make the first move and the second move and the third move and keep punching and keep punching. And we keep saying there's no way the Rams can do this. The Rams eventually have to draft players and the Rams just keep going, ha, 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 ha. And they just keep making trades and making trades and making trades. You have to know that you have that time horizon in order to get this done. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm personal price plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Au contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. Are you a good poker player? I'm I I'm a better poker player in my head than I am in in, in practice. But yeah, I, I play a little bit. This is all, the loudest garbage truck I've ever heard in my entire life is just outside my window. Oh. I don't know what that I don't know what that's a metaphor for, but it's not. It's uh, so not a metaphor nothing. for the 2021 Denver Broncos. Yeah, so that's where we're gonna flip it. Here. Hello. I I kind of feel like this is good business for the Broncos. Um, this probably suggests there's gonna be a lot more changes, even though again he was a free agent. There were rumblings coming into the season that there might be a shakeup a little bit with Von Miller. Um, but this tells you what about the Broncos? So it tells me that the Broncos are looking at a full teardown, which I don't think was destined. I don't think it had to be the case that, that it was. I, I kind of feel that way more so about like the New York Giants, you know, but it is uh, intuitive to me that that is the approach, uh, especially with what you've seen over the course of the season. Starting out 3-0, and they only beat winless teams. It was like, all right, we need a heat check. Is this team legit? Then they started to play some more talented squads and obviously took it on the chin a little bit. Um, the quiet approach at quarterback making the acquisition for Teddy and doing nothing else, uh, drafting Patrick Sertan over Justin Fields, I think was a precursor to this, where you saw that the, the the general manager coming in wasn't trying to immediately install the next quarterback in the next era and kick off Broncos football 2020. Uh, he was willing to play this a little bit slower. They're clearly in a, a mode where they want to acquire draft picks. Um, and it makes sense because for as much as I like Vic Fangio as a defensive mind and as a coach, uh, he hadn't done anything through his first couple years on the job that gave you surety that he was the dude you wanted running this throughout the course of uh, of the rebuild. And also the Broncos were in a situation where they have a lot of rising free agents. And so this year was necessary to kind of take a look and see, all right, do we want to extend some of these guys or do we want to let some of these guys walk, trade them away, recoup some cap, recoup some compensatory picks and be positioned for the mid 2020s and, and building this up there. So I think it's, it's clear now, even with like, you know, Vaughn's uh, frustrations with, with, with the team altogether, I still think it's clear that this this is beginning the teardown, which makes Denver right now, who's already done three trades, Stephen Weatherly, Kenny Young, and now Von Miller before the deadline, makes Denver the most interesting team at the deadline going into Tuesday because uh, Teddy is a is on a contract year. Melvin Gordon's on a contract year. Tim Patrick yeah, and Cortland I, I, I was just I was yeah. about to list off these guys. So let's talk about next moves to the Broncos. Teddy, as you said, Melvin Gordon, although 8.9, pretty pricey. Uh, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton. Um, Bobby Massey at right tackle. Yeah, uh, they got Cam, AJ Johnson. I want to say and Josie Jewell, both of their yeah, starting I mean, linebackers. I'm, those guys I'm are trying to up. find some find some value here. Kyle Fuller um, and Bryce Callahan. Are yeah, also Ky- both Kyle Fuller. Players. Yep. Uh, Kareem Jackson at four point nine. Um, I mean, they got for some reason. For some reason, Duke Dawson's on this team. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I mean it's I think a you're weird roster, at, right? I think you're you're calling and you're calling for Tim Patrick, who is a very good wide receiver two three. You know what I mean? Very nice depth guy outside contested catch. You're calling for Melvin Gordon because they just drafted Javante Williams and they love him. 
Uh, and Gordon is certainly expensive, but the Broncos seem to be willing to work around cap stuff. Uh, so Tennessee, obviously, with the Derrick Henry news, Baltimore with their running back situation, Gordon makes sense. Um, you're probably calling for Kyle Fuller still. Bryce Callahan got banged up. Looked like he hyperextended his knee at the end of the Washington football team game. Uh, so if Callahan is out is on IR, he obviously can't be traded. Um, and that may mean they want to keep Fuller. But then again, like I don't know how much they care about competing this year anyway. Um, so you can call for all those guys and see if the Broncos will play games with you on 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 the money to get it done. But those are like Gordon, Fuller, Patrick. Those are dudes that mattered competing teams. They're, they're not going to be like, you know, game changers for teams on the fence. But if you can get yourself a Melvin Gordon down the stretch, absolutely, yes. That helps you out a ton. I completely agree. Denver's kind of stuck in this regard. They can do a little bit of a teardown. They're only four and four, okay? They're not one and seven here, okay? Like, they... They won yesterday, for God's sakes. Okay, they're just doing a little maneuvering before the trade deadline. It's not they're not going to become the, the the Sashi Brown Browns here, but they're in a bit of a no man's land. In as much that not only do they have the 17th pick, if if the season ended today, um, obviously that will change. But there's no real quarterback option in the draft for them. Am I wrong? As of right now, it feels like no, which continues to put the patch Sutan over Justin Fields decision in a worse and worse light, in my opinion. I didn't get it at the time, and progressively, I don't get it. But things change. You're willing to take risks. You know what I mean? It's like the Patriots sitting there at 15 and Mac falls to them. It's like, did they have to take Mac? No, but you do it when he falls, because absolutely, it, it makes sense without a trade-up. Like, if Denver ends the season 7 and 10, and they're picking at 14, and, you know, Matt Corral makes it down there at Ole Miss. Take it. You know what I mean? And then doesn't stop you from trading those picks to go and get uh, a quarterback in 2023. So I think that there's nobody I think you're jumping up for. There's nobody that you're, you're diving for. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the first round they're so willing to take a quarterback if it's a low cost. Are the Rams going to win the Super Bowl? Okay. I think the Rams are the best team in the NFC with Vaughn. I would have put them Are they the right best there. team in the NFL? Uh, let me get there, okay? Thinking it through, Kevin. Um, yeah? Right? I AFC, so like... Too. Yeah, a- AFC, it's tough to put a- anybody in the AFC over, like, the top three teams in the NFC, you know? I gotta tell you, uh, if you had just done tiers of AFC teams, this whole exercise would have been so much easier. You just last night true. tiered it up. I think the Rams right now are the most talented team in the NFC. I also don't think we've seen final form Rams. I think that they're still figuring out exactly what they want to be with Stafford at the helm on offense. And I think Raheem Morris is still figuring out exactly what he wants to be on defense. I think the team is been getting better and also is arrow pointing up massively after the Von Miller trade. Green Bay can maybe keep pace. Cardinals can maybe keep pace. Dallas can maybe keep pace. Um, but this is a it's a good gauntlet throw for the deadline. Say, listen, Rams alone not. And if you wanna you wanna hang around in 2021, go call the Steelers for Melvin Ingram. Go call the Broncos for Kyle Fuller, because we're here to play. All right. Uh quickly, Derek Henry ruled, maybe ruled off of the season, a uh, potential season ending foot injury, according to Adam Schefter and other reports. Uh the Titans looked like they were kind of separating themselves in the AFC South here. And I know that as as much as we joke about the running back position, he was as dominant a force as there's been in, in, in many, many years. Um, and he's the type of guy we had spelled out yesterday how much you just don't want to see that team in January. And mm-hmm. part of that was you just don't want to tackle Derrick Henry. That has been removed. What does this do to the AFC South? And what does this do to the Titans? 
AFC South, I think it it still leaves things open for the Colts, who obviously you've lost two to the Titans You're in a really bad spot, but that game was an overtime game, and Tennessee's entire offensive identity just got knocked out from underneath them, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and we can argue about what it means to lose your offensive identity, but in the middle of the season, with as clear and emphatic an identity as Henry gave you, I think it matters a lot. I think you're going to reel and, and, and struggle before you figure this out. It's not an easy transition to make. Uh, for the Titans, I'm very interested to see which direction they go. Because to me, it is more intuitive to add depth at wide receiver and yep. spread this thing out. Because you Pass. cannot, you cannot replace the effect of a Derrick Henry. It can't be done. I don't, I, I, I you know, they're, they're working out Adrian Peterson. That's great. I don't think it 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 has the same effect. And I think if they bring in Peterson, they're going to try to be the same team to massively worse uh, uh, import, worse effect. And I think that they're going to their offense is going to fall on the wayside. And this this defense ain't winning games for them. Uh, so I would like for them to look at adding a third receiver, look at becoming an eleven personnel team, look at spreading it out to run the football a little bit more, and try to let Tannehill really really run this thing. Which I'm not sure he can, but you can still run play action. You can still run your intermediate stuff and. Try to let Tannehill carry you the rest of the way, but it is—it's shattering. They hope to get Henry back for the playoffs. I know it's right now an eight week is the is the most ideal timeline that gets you, you know, one regular season game to ramp him up for the playoffs. When it comes to foot fractures, though, I mean, it is a mighty difficult projection. Really tough to rely on that. So to me, you add receiver and you try to become a more pass heavy team and win some shootouts, still win the South. But that's a, that's a, that's a narrow road to walk. It is going to be really hard for them to change their identity in midstream and that yeah. that's the hardest thing to me and and that's why we as much as we joked about them being a top tier i mean they they were they're in the discussion to be a top tier afc team um and now they're not and it's interesting to me because i was just reading a book a couple of days ago and they were talking about it's actually like a businessy book and they were like the best way to be great is to figure out what it is in the world that you can be the best at just whatever it is whatever it is it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter what you do just figure out what you're wired to be the best in the world at and the Titans had that, and now they very much don't. Now they're just going to try to be, now they have to rely, change their identity, be, be a Ryan Tannehill-driven team. And, and I think Ryan Tannehill is very, very good. I just think they can't be the best in the world at being a passing offense and, and, and right. doing those things that we're talking about Ryan Tannehill doing. So huge blow to them. Um, but I, you know, I still respect everybody in that building, and I think that they'll, they'll figure something out. It just won't be... Uh, top-tier AFC stuff. All right, Jameis officially diagnosed with a torn ACL, according to Ian Rappaport. Also damaged to the MCL. Um, tough injury for all involved. The Saints appear to probably be going to Taysom Hill at some point. Uh, ben, what do they do? Yeah, the the torn ACL plus damage to the MCL is scary. That's the sort of stuff that, that yep. it can be really tough to come back from. So hope things are good for Jameis. Hope he's able to come back. I think that there, was a lot of, there were promising signs from him this year. I think they should call the Broncos for Teddy because I don't know where the Broncos are emotionally right now. I don't think they're going to get movement on that, but maybe you do. And if so, I mean, they went five and one with Teddy like two years ago. They done it. You know what I mean? Like they, they, Sean Payton has gone 13 and three without Drew Brees in his last 16 games. What on earth? I know. It's really quite something with also like rampantly different players Teddy, Jameis, and Taysom Hill. How's that possible? I threw this out there because I saw our buddy Ted Wynn talking about how many good Shawns there are. You get one Sean for the rest of the decade. You're going Peyton, McDermott, McVeigh. Oh, I'm probably... Hmm. 
I think I'm still going McVay, but that's this is a good time to ask that question given how both the Bills and the Saints are performing. Dude, Peyton's been in his bag for 15 years. Yeah, I think I, I think McVay is like ugh, dude. Right. Peyton without Breeze is what we thought Belichick without Brady was going to be. Oh, man, we are we are burying some wild Sean Payton takes in a minute thirty of the Von Miller trade podcast right now. I'm just I, uh, throwing it out there. I'm just asking questions. I'm doing my own research. I'll okay? take Sean Desai, the defense coordinator of the Bears. I think you you call the uh, Broncos for Teddy. See if you can get that done. Uh, other than that, I mean, Cam, you bring him in. You kind of. And I don't know if it, it's not like it's redundant with Taysom, but it's the idea that you've had some of these packages. You know how to kind of use a running quarterback like that. <sighs> Bills for Trubisky. Am I saying that out loud? Am I putting those words into the world? Uh, I mean, they just played Trubisky in the playoffs and they they beat him up. I don't know. There's not a lot of good options, but I start with the Broncos and see if I can get him off Teddy. <sighs> wow. A lot of Sean Payton takes on this on this year. Yeah, I was not ready for you to just unload the clip on Sean Payton. I've takes. just been thinking. I've just been thinking. <laughs> I just got you to thinking. And all of a you know, it's a good emergency pod when just wild takes fly by the end. That's why they call it an emergency pod. We got to get these takes. We didn't even care about the Von Miller trade. We had emergency takes. We had yeah, to get yeah, out yeah. There. They're right. This is just our, our, our way. Producer, in our yeah, door. producer Arjuna heard about my wild takes and was like, we have to have an emergency pod to get these out into the public domain. Um, all right. So tomorrow, myself, Stephen Ruiz, and Nora Princiati will be doing a live green room slash podcast uh, reacting to the trade deadline. Obviously, I think the biggest domino has fallen, but who knows? Uh, maybe there will be teams that will react to this move with another move. I'm intrigued to see it. Uh, anything else, Ben? You're on the Ringer Gambling Show on Wednesday. Yep, I'm excited for that. Um, uh, you're right about this. I'm right about this. I'm right about this. Yep. Ringer.com, baby. I write I write all the time. I'm a prolific writer. This episode brought to you with help by Stefan Anderson and additional production supervision by Arjuna Ramkapal. This has been the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.